right, guys, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Father is Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, and every Monday we get together to explore the joys and challenges, the sorrows, and yes, the fun, especially this time of year because it is Christmas, and we get to play with right. the toys before the kids get to see them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I am super, super excited. Uh, my boy, Sean Brassfield, is joining me from the Young Fire podcast. He, of course, as you know, is part of the Speak Fire family, and I've been yes. wanting to get him on for a number of months now, and we finally, finally connected, so I'm super excited to have him join us this morning. So, welcome, Sean. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I've been, I've been waiting to connect, and so it's been a while, a long time coming, which is great. Yeah, man. I, you know, I just love uh, you and I. You know, obviously, we're connected with the Speakfire family. There's a lot of discussions that we have in the background about how we can really help those that are listening to us and really right. become better at what we do. And I've really, really been inspired by you, in in particular, just. By watching you as a dad and with your wife, I mean, you have a beautiful, beautiful wife and two beautiful kids, and I just can tell that you are truly <laughs> three. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew the two. I had the son yeah. and daughter in my head, but I, I right. sorry, I forgot the third one. So it's oh, all right. No, it's good. So. And you know what? I have to give you credit. I don't know if you know listeners of Father's Fire know this, but actually the idea for the Father's Fire podcast had been simmer, simmering in my head for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I heard the discussion between you and Bobby Berg about mm-hmm. in your podcast about fatherless um, sons. Yeah, and yeah. that just really, really impacted me because I think there are a lot of men like you and Bobby that mm-hmm. spent much of their youth or all of their youth without engaged fathers. Right. And, and so, as I was listening to that, I want to go there, but mm-hmm. I want to give you guys credit because as I was listening to that, I was like, I did not have that same experience. I had. Mm-hmm a dad that was very engaged in my life. I'm, you know, I have eight, you know, I'm the oldest of eight kids. And so my dad was always there active in our life. So let's talk about, you know, let's just visit, you know, what it, what kind of impact being a fatherless son had Mm -hmm. both on your life as a young man, but also as an older man. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, well, let's start with uh, the impact it had on me being a young, a, a younger guy, uh, a, a kid, you know, as we understand that a lot of our foundational, um, that in, in laying that foundation, uh, you know, that, that really impacts the most because like, uh, again, a structure is only as strong as its foundation, you know. And for me as a kid, you know, those foundational years, it's, uh, it's really, well, for me, it was tough because, again, I'm desiring this connection, this, uh, this bond with a father who really wasn't there. Like, I, I knew him, he knew me, 
I loved him. He loved me. It's just when it came down to spending time and being present, he, he didn't know how to do that. And it wasn't until much later I understood and learned why. But in those foundational years, man, like it's, it impacted me because I always felt like imbalanced, you know, because like when you have both mom and dad in home, it, it creates a, that, that balance. And I felt out of balance, you know, all, all those developmental years. And, you know, you have this, you tend to develop this tendency of, well, what's wrong with me kind of mindset. Cause like, am I not good enough to, to, to garner your time, your presence? And he, for whatever reason, thought that being a, a good father was about giving me things. And since he felt like he couldn't provide things, I guess he felt like he wasn't a good dad. And it's like, no, I didn't need things. I needed your time. I needed your presence. I needed your life's experiences, especially when I got into being a teenager and, you know, getting into girls and just that and that whole nine and how to engage with 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 other guys you know because during this sometimes you know you have those moments where guys will try to test you and you have to defend yourself you know and I needed him in those developmental years and then by the time I became and I guess not really an adult because I was 19 when I uh, when I lost him to to cancer and it was like if I never needed you at any other point in my life it was that transition Mm. of 19 growing into like manhood, you know, and that, that was that bridge that I needed him at that moment. And so the impact it had on me as, as, as a young kid, was, was pivotal because I needed that fashioning, that shaping of a, that only a father could help shape you into a man. Cause you know, a mother can't teach her son how to be a man. Yeah. That has, that has to come by, uh, way of, a, of of another man, especially this father. But when I got older, and I, I lost him at nineteen, and here I am crossing into that threshold of manhood, it impacted me because I'm like, okay, I guess I have now have to figure this thing out on my own. And it took years of me trial and error, you know, crossing things that had I had his wisdom and his life experiences, I, I could have negated going through certain stuff you know so it was so both young and old it was, it was a strong impact pivotal you know it, i've reflected a lot about a conversation that i had with sean hart um because mm -hmm. he runs a program for it called elite fathers and mm -hmm. he made the statement that a lot of us fathers don't we're we're either missing or we're not active in our kids giving those giving them the foundational elements and what i'm hearing from you and he he said this even further he said no we're not giving them the blueprint to become a man and it sounds oh, like right. one of the things that you were missing was how do how do i actually become how do i transition what are the things that i need to do uh, mm -hmm. to really become a man. And I know that, you know, when I was younger, I was, you know, 110 pounds at my heaviest, you know, and I was mm -hmm. like four, eight until 10th grade. And from 
10th grade to 11th grade, I went from 4'8 to 5'2", and I'm like, oh, I'm growing finally, right? <laughs> right. And, and so I had this little man complex. And so one of the things that was very helpful was my dad was always going, you know what, there's more to being a man than your size. And I'll never forget, there was this one experience that I had. We went to church, and, you know, like anything, you know, you had the youth night. We're out there. We're playing. We're playing, you know, tackle the – I mean, there was a, a different name for it. But, you know, basically we were tackling, running around, tackling each other. And I don't know what happened, how it happened, but one of the kids stripped my shorts completely off and wow. took them and ran into the church and then locked all the doors. So, oh, wow. so I'm sitting there in my undies, my little wow. whitey tighties, you know, <laughs> and there's girls running around and I'm embarrassed and I'm small wow. and, you know, I go home and I'm just so mad and I'm hurt and I'm embarrassed and I, and I walk in the door and I'm just in tears and I go, I walk in the door and I say, dad, I'm never, ever going to youth group again. I'm not going to church. I'm never, ever doing this if this is what it's like. And I'll wow. never forget it. My dad said, he sat me down, he said, son, are you going to let somebody else's foolishness affect your relationship with God? Mm. And, wow. and I love that because then it led to a full, you know, an entire discussion about being bullied and being a, a small guy, but you know what? Finding your inner strength and that there is more to you than just your size. And, and I love that experience because I had my dad there when I got home. And I think a lot of young men mm -hmm. don't have that opportunity at the moment that it's needed, right? And so they go home and they're wrestling with these things and they don't want to go tell their mom about it or their grandma about it and they're embarrassed about it and they're trying to work through it. And right. I think sometimes, and maybe that's kind of what you were struggling with maybe a little bit as a young man. Oh yeah, definitely. I, because I, I feel that, and the key word that, that you just, spoke like kind of hit the nail on the head you're wrestling you're wrestling with so much as a kid and as an adolescent and then even as a man you're wrestling you're wrestling with your past you're wrestling with identity yeah. trying to figure out who you are and I remember uh, one of the statements that I made in, in, in my book is that there was a quote that said life is not about you know, finding yourself, life is about creating yourself, you know, create who you want to be. But it's, it's tough when you're wrestling with, I need, before I can create who, before I can create who I want to be, I got to first know who I am in, in that identity, like where I come from, what, what's the pedigree. And if that is not in the picture, it's hard for a young man to, 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 understand his identity you know if, if if that makes any sense like I have to know who I am first before I can create because like you said going back to the word blueprint I have to have the blueprint the blueprint is, is that the, that the skeletal structure of 
that gives me a base to build off of, from, to erect from. That blueprint is my foundation, and my foundation comes from my father. Yeah. When, for me, when my father was not in the picture, it left me having to create a blueprint, and oftentimes that blueprint came based off, you know, other males, uh, another male figure here, a male figure there, and then I, I want to have all these pieces, then I have to construct what I feel or what I think or what society depicts as what a man is. Yeah. And oftentimes, more often than not, that's an erroneous uh, definition of who a man is if you let society perpetuate that and if you let society dictate or define that. And what we have today, we have a bunch of young men who, have, who were started as kids and they grew up into teenagers and grew up into grown men who are still wrestling. Yeah. And oftentimes in that wrestling comes anger, frustration, bitterness, and hurt. And we don't have an avenue to let that out. It comes out in, in destructive ways. Yeah, I really like that you said identity because I think one of the things that having an engaged, invested dad as a youth is your dad can help you formulate that identity because he has somebody that is in his life that he sees how they are acting as a man. He sees how they're treat, he's treating his wife. He sees how he's going to work and investing in, in you know, himself. Now, I, I remember my dad, you know, when he retired from the Navy at 20 years, he, we made the family decision for my dad to go back to college so that he could be a nurse. And I love that he sat us all down and it enabled us to see the evolution of my dad going from a military man to going to the civilian life and what he was going to do to really become who he was envisioning in his mind of what he wanted to do. And you know, to your point, a lot of men don't have that model and their dad is not involving them in that model so that they can't, so they don't get the opportunity to see some of those transitions that naturally come about in becoming a man and having a family. Right. Um, so, you know, having, helping, you know, having a dad really does help you develop your own identity. Um, and, you know, struggling with that throughout your life, you know, especially at 19 or 20 when you're making those big things. Because I know the other thing that my dad did was when, when Judy and I got married, we, we were getting ready to be married. I was almost 24, 23, and Judy was 21 or 20. And he sat down and he said, look, you guys are creating your own family. I, your mom and I will always be there for you, but we will not nose in your family unless, unless we ever see you being abusive to each other. And I love that because, you know, he set a standard going, you know what, you, you two need to go and become one, but mm -hmm. we're here to coach you if needed, but we're not going to overstep. Right. 
And, and I love that he did that. So let's, let's talk about, you know, you as a dad, what are the things that you've tried to do to be truly engaged with your kids? What have you tried to do differently? Well, I think one of the first things, um, well, and, and before I say that, I'll, I'll say this. It has been a heck of a, a job shouldering, shouldering, um, trying to figure this thing out when you didn't have a blueprint, you know. But I am ever, ever grateful unto God that through my late pastor now, my former and late pastor, he, he led me to some men who became like father figures and who poured into me those things that I needed in order to be the man I am today. So I'm grateful unto them who, who stepped in and filled that void. But uh, one of, some of the things that I try to do, and I hope this, I can frame it in a way that makes sense. I feel like it was on me to destroy that generational curse mm. of fathers not being present. Because what I learned from about my father after he passed was that his father wasn't really present in his life. And I'm pretty sure that my grandfather, his father may not have been around or present. So it was a cycle. And it wasn't that they tried to intentionally just like, you know, do that. But it was a cycle that was created. And I felt that for me, when I inherited that, I was like, okay, Lord, it's on me to break this generational curse. And so I enjoyed the challenge because I was like, okay, it's not like I'm just sitting here now aimlessly without direction. I've had men, strong, positive men who poured it into me. So now that I am stepping into this role of husband and then this role of father, I have to do it differently. I have to be, if nothing else, present. And um, what I try to do with my kids is, um, again, just be present and be intentional. And in that, I'm like, if I don't do anything else, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present. And I'm going to be uh, the, the father that I'm going to be a father to you guys that I never had. And I was explaining that to my son recently that who's, who's eight, I was explaining to him how I want him to be grateful that I'm here in the same house. I'm present and I'm walking with the Lord and I'm pouring into him because my dad, his grandfather wasn't there for me, you know? And so he's slowly understanding what that means. I love the idea of, breaking the generational curse. When you said that, I thought of my really good friend, Wes Martinson. Uh, he lives in Seattle. He's a father of uh, two boys and they foster cared a lot of kids. Mm. And he told me that when he was a young man, he had an extremely abusive father. In fact, he became a black mountain karate to defend his mom and himself. Um, mm. And he said, you know, there came a point when I was 15 where I actually stood up to my dad and I made the decision at that moment that I was going to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. I knew 
that that cycle of abuse could continue into future generations if I didn't create a new line, a new pattern of men that my sons could emulate. And I think it's really, really important is just because you had a bad experience with your father or you were missing a father doesn't mean that you can't create a new chain, that you can't create a new destiny for not only your children, but children to come and creating a legacy from today. Right. And I just have mad, mad respect for you not only doing that and seeking men that you could respect and that you could emulate so that Mm -hmm. you could create a new pattern for your son and that you're pointing it out to your son. I mean, he sees it now, but he's not going to really see and understand until he has kids of his own, right? Right, exactly. And, and, And I think that is a really critical thing that we as men can create. We can either continue the generational curse or we can create a new generational legacy. And it's all what we decide to do today. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Oh, and man. And it's, it's, it's huge because I kind of had this thing where I felt like, I feel like there's an eight-year-old that still resides in all of us that really wants that, that, that fatherly connection still, you know, and it's like, or at least I, I kind of feel like I'm in a sense satisfying that little eight year old in me by vicariously living through my son and my time I spent with my son and my daughters, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm appeasing that child in me that needed that, that needed that outlet, that needed that connection time with my, my, my sons and my daughter, whether I'm wrestling around with them or just messing around with them. I feel like I'm soothing that eight-year-old in me that didn't get that kind of time with, with my dad. So That is extremely powerful because I think a lot of times – Men, and you can, if I'm misspeaking, please correct me, but I think there are men that have a big hole in their heart. They have a big hole in their soul because of being fatherless, whether Mm -hmm. through death or inactivity or whatever, they were fatherless sons. And so Mm -hmm. the opportunity to have their own children provides an opportunity for them to recapture some of those experiences that they were yearning for with their kids and Mm -hmm. build not only an incredible foundation for those kids, but fill that hole and enable you to play with your kids and build with your kids and laugh with your kids. I mean, my, some of the funnest things that, you know, I can remember as a kid is either, or as a dad is either being with my kids on the boat or jumping on the trampoline with them. Right. And, you know, playing, playing pigs in space and, you know, you know, poison ball and all those fun things, you know. And, right. You know, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of my uh, kids' friends, they come over and 
they're like, your parents are so funny. It's like, I can't believe your dad's jumping on the trampoline with us. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to be, I'm trying to be a kid with you. But I also, my kids also know that I'm the dad. I'm not your friend. And we often say that. I'm not your friend. Right. I'm your dad. Right. And and I can play with you, but I can also set a, a, a definition line that says, you know what, there's a relationship here that I'm trying to model for you so that you can become a good man or woman um, and become a person of integrity. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, um, because I I was just talking to my my, my wife last night. I was like, you know, I give glory to, to the Lord, of course, because he's allowed me to do um, several things, you know, he's allowed me to uh, grow up and, you know, actually live and be saved. You know, I, I didn't have that atmosphere in my home, you know, not to the degree that I desired it. You know, even though, I, even though I grew up believing, it wasn't like we weren't actively at church every Sunday and all and living, the, living it out. Uh, but I was like, I was able to give myself uh, the family that I, I desired. I'm raising my children in a home that we are, we, we reverence and fear the Lord and we are striving to walk up right before him. And, and, and my kids are able to be in a home where mom and dad are married and they love each other and they're seeing love displayed when they see us praying with each other. And then when we pray together as a family on Sunday evenings and, and we're just doing things together, I'm like, I was able to give that, to my kids what I didn't have. Now, now my wife, on the other hand, she had all that. She had, she grew up in an environment where both parents were saved and, you know, they did all that together, but I didn't. So I wanted to give my kids that. And I, I, of course, give, give the Lord glory, but I also pat myself on the back that amongst my peers who didn't have the desire, I did, you know, and, and it's a beautiful thing that sometimes I sit back and, and get get emotional that you know the Lord has helped me to to give my life this thing that I always desired to have. And I mean, what do you say to that other than Amen <laughs> and praise the Lord? I mean, exactly. really, honestly, I <laughs> exactly. mean, how do, you, how do you even? How do you, yeah? Amen. That's all I can all right. say. <laughs> I, I mean, because that truly is a blessing that was given to you because you wanted it and you worked for it. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know what? I'm going to create this kind of family. And dude, I, I can tell by your, you know, the engagement with your wife, the things that I see in your social media and the things that you share Mm -hmm. about your kids. I mean, I would love to just spend Christmas with your family. Right. I just, I know we would just have a great yeah. time together and it's, you know, and I love that because, you know, not only am I drawn to men like you and, and, you know, I look at, I look at a, a man like you and I'm like, if I can have all of my daughters marry someone like you, dude, right. I've done something right. And, right. And I think that's one of the greatest opportunities for fathers is, is that they can, emulate 
what a man should, how a man should treat his wife so that his daughters will seek that kind of man. Right. And I, and I haven't been perfect, but I think, you know, after 30 years of marriage that I've done something, I hope, that is helping my daughters see, you know, there are good men out there. There are men that want to be fathers. There are men that will fight for your honor, that will work for you, that will play with you and celebrate and laugh with you and encourage right. you to become everything you can. And that's one of the things that I, you know, you right. posted this week, you know, a big shout out to your wife being honored right. in her career. And I, right. I love that about you and your, yeah. your family. Yeah, man. And it's, um, you know, and, um, sorry, give me, cause it's, um, I get emotional, you know, when, uh, when I just sit back and I think about where I am now versus, um, <clears throat> where I could be, uh, with a lot of the friends that I grew up with, you know, now they weren't bad guys or anything like that, but, and I look at other young men who grew up in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I'm like, I could have easily <clears throat> have gone in that direction. And, um, but there was something in me um, that I desired more. And I knew that, um, <clears throat> and God had more for me. And um, I remember uh, one morning, Years years ago, I was at home on a Saturday morning. I was like cleaning up you know, while the missus was at work, and I felt the voice of the Lord tell me to place my hand over my my counter. And it was kind of a weird thought that you know, the Lord in, interjected, and I'm like, okay. And so I placed my hand over my counter. And I could see my, the shadow of my hand on the counter. <clears throat> and, and the Lord said, the years before you were saved, I protected you by the mere shadow of my hand until I was able to get you into the palm of my hand. <clears throat> and um, just thinking about that, he caused me to think that if the mere shadow of his hand could protect me, how much more protected am I now that I'm in the hollow of his hand? And um, I just knew that I'm safe and I'm gonna be okay. And as long as I'm following his manual of, of being a man and being a father, if I can continue to follow that prescription that the word of God lays out then, I'm okay, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, it's beautiful, man. It, it truly is beautiful. And you, you made me remember a song it's called in the hollow of a hand. And the phrase goes in the hollow of a hand of the hand as the boy becomes the man. Mm. And you truly have become right. a man to be looked up to a father that can be looked up to and a man that I'm sure your children are going to be pleased and honored to emulate. So right. brother, I, I, 
I have enjoyed this conversation on so many levels. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for yes, your candor, but more importantly, your spirit. Um, because I think one of the things missing, and, and actually I'm not even going to say it's missing. There are, there are a lot of men of spiritual strength that are trying to build spiritual families that are trying to set the bar for themselves and for their kids and for their relationship with their wife and with their entire family. And I, I just, I really, really do appreciate you and have mad, mad respect of the man that you are. Indeed. Thank you. Yep. And for those of you that are listening, please make sure to check out his podcast. It's same time every Monday. It's called Young Fire. It's geared to help young men become great men. And I love listening to his podcast. I send it to my boys and say, look, here is another man that I respect. Please listen. Get a different perspective that will help you become the man that you need to be because I'm not perfect. And there are a lot of men that have other characteristics that I think you should emulate and take the best out of all of them and use that as your blueprint to become the best man possible and to become the best father possible. Definitely. And I definitely appreciate you, my brother. Definitely. Yep. And you also, the other thing that I'm really excited about is if you're looking for a great read, he just released his brand new book, Lights, Camera, Success. Check it out on Amazon. Get that thing ordered. I mean, it's super loaded with great tips and it's super cheap. I'm 15 bucks, I think, on Amazon. Get it done. Right. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate your time. And I want to wish you and your family a very merry, merry Christmas, man. And hope you guys have a great time together. Yes, you guys too. Definitely enjoying the Christmas. I, I know I I could just imagine being a fly on the wall in the Cedric household during the holidays because you guys have fun on the regular. So I know the holiday Christmas time is going to be even more lit. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be nice. Yeah, we have a we have a small living room. Judy likes to be around the Christmas tree, and our Christmas tree is probably two times as big as it needs to be for that <laughs> living room. So we're all compacted. Right, <laughs> but it, it's gonna be fun. We have we have all of our kids are coming. Six of them are coming, so it's it's right. gonna be fun. So, oh man, yeah. Well, all, you guys that are listening, thank you so much for joining me every week as we explore the joys, the challenges, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. Please make sure to check out the rest of the Speak Fire family. I mean, yeah. we have an incredible lineup. Of course, Sean B, who we talked to today. Bobby Berg with Student Fire, Michael Gingrass with Leadership Fire, Aisha Thomas with um, Internal Fire, and of course, my boy, Neil Legend with Champion Fire. I mean, we have an incredible lineup, so make sure to check all of us out. Well, you guys that are listening, thank you so much for joining me every week as we explore the joys, the challenges, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. We will check you guys next week, same time, same bat channel, right here on Father's Fire. Have a fantastic day. See ya!